All right, we are live. So, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right, Tim, so in case people don't know who you are, Mr. Tim C. Taylor, author extraordinaire, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so I am Tim C. Taylor. Uh, I'm a science fiction writer of the British and Pew Pew Persuasion. And uh, I am the author of, I think it's 21 published novels so far. Uh, the most likely thing people will have heard me from might be uh, Four Horsemen Universe, Chimera Company or The Human Legion. We know which one I liked first. All right, so how did we first find them? Well, I actually, um, and I said this before, so I won't belabor the point. I was looking for uh, stuff to read on my Kindle because I had recently gotten one, and it was giving me the ability to read back after you know a head injury because you can magnify the heck out of the print, which is a glorious thing. Um, and I found his book because it was on sale, the first book Marine Cadet, and then I said, I kind of like this stuff. I didn't know, you know, because – I grew up in a glut in the 90s where if you wanted Mill SF, it was if you, and new stuff is pretty much only Star Wars or Star Trek fanfic or real fiction, like the published novels. But there wasn't a whole lot of stuff and the indie movement hadn't happened. And I'm like, oh, people still write this kind of stuff. This is cool. So I stalked him, as you do, to his uh, <laughs> Facebook page. And um, we sort of – or not – it was your website at the time. And you had yeah. a forum on there that uh, I got heavily involved in. And I pestered you a lot and said, you know, you really should write this story and this story and this story. And finally, you, you gave me a contract and said, shut up already. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you just got sick of hearing from me. Yeah, it was the only way to keep it quiet. <laughs> I've heard that about myself before. Yeah. It's the podcast. All right. So uh, <laughs> since this is – we've had you on the podcast several times, so I don't feel like sure. we need to get into – who is Tim Taylor questions that no, no. we normally do, but this is the Blasters and Blades podcast, so we cannot let you escape without the religion questions. So, Black Hawk Down, Fury, or Lone Survivor? Black Hawk Down, such a good film. Excellent movie. Uh, I think it did an excellent job of capturing the chaos of a urban mm. battlefield. Yeah, uh, but we are polytheistic over here because we're we're filthy degenerates. So, Braveheart, the Three Hundred, or the Alamo? The Three Hundred. Totally over the top. Great abs. Yeah, I wasn't sure you were even allowed to say being a proper British Englishman uh, from the United Kingdom that you were allowed to say Braveheart. They might, like, revoke your card and stop letting you drink tea at noon. It'd be bad. Well, if I was Scottish and British, then I might be different. But, uh, yeah, difficult to watch if you're English. Yeah, I can imagine with Longshanks being the bad guy. I imagine if the English told it, the story would be slightly different. Of course. Of course. <laughs> all right. And because uh, I got bored uh, on a Google search and found all these, 13 hours, Gallipoli or Zulu? Zulu. Excellent movie. And in yeah. case you missed it, dear listener, today, instead of just sci-fi and fantasy, we went for uh, the, the unifying theme of heroic last stands. And if you yeah. can't tell from the cover that's gracing your screen or if you're listening, today we'll be conducting a brief episode where we dive into the world of anthologies and short stories. So we're going to interview Tim about his contribution to the undervalued work of short fiction. And today we have On Deadly Ground on Deck. It's stories of desperate last stands from today's top sci-fi authors. And uh, you can't get much topper than 
hire you know that's I, I write words i promise i just have editors you can't get much better than tim c taylor so let's uh let's see what this anthology is all about shall we <clears throat> the movie trailer voice don't worry guy i'm not taking your job this week but across a thousand battlefields in a million wars there's always the question what do you do when all the chips are down the table do you run try to find salvation in the arms of an easy piece or do you stand and fight send your enemies into whatever hole they crawled out of on Deadly Ground has 10 stories handling that exact question. Each character faces the impossible in different ways, but all will be tested before the day is done. Can they earn a heroic victory amongst the endless eternity of space, or are they doomed to fall into obscurity? And, you know, as much as I um, stumbled over that, you wouldn't know that I actually wrote that blurb, but uh, I apologize for nothing. All right, Tim, what was your story in this collection called? It's called Time Ducks. Uh, and uh, yeah, before getting into that, I have to say, um, if, if just hearing this, then it's just, uh, you're missing out on a wonderful cover. Jamie Glover, I think, was the artist. Uh, it, it it really is uh, a cover to be proud to be within its within its embrace in the pages inside. It's excellent. Yeah, he was the one who yeah. um, I was talking to him when we were doing the covers for. Um, for all the anthology series. And he was the one that said, you know, cause I told him, you know, you obviously you want it to look like the covers fit in the genres that they're in, but yeah. you definitely want them to stand out. And he goes, just do retro. Everybody loves retro, right? That's what all mm. the hip kids are saying. And, and he was joking, but I'm like, blimey, it's brilliant. So yeah. <laughs> I was saying blimey cause he's British too. So I was trying to, you know, to get in the, in the headspace. Yeah. Yeah. It's we appreciate cool. the gesture. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. I say brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, we did that. And so when I gave him this cover, because he had already done three at that point, he had four anthologies for me. And he said, well, what's the inspiration this time? And I'm like, I don't know. Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, and Star Trek. If they had a baby, what would that look like? And he's like, I got just the thing. <laughs> yes, you're and then right. he, and he made this cover and he's like, I hope you don't get sued, but you'll probably get hate mail. And I'm like, I can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and the other, the other funny thing is, <laughs> Most of the anthology titles, like he just plays around with it and throws a title on there as a placeholder. And most of the time, I actually like his title better than whatever I had. Mm. So, so we just <laughs> go with it. So yeah, that's great. I can't even remember what the original title I gave him was, but he, he didn't like it. So, oh, I think it was like Forlorn Hope, which is a, like archaic expression oh. for a last yeah. stand. And this yeah. was totally better. So, so thank you, Jamie Glover. Most excellent. And I can't wait till he starts making covers again. So... All right, we did promise a quick episode, so I'll stop yabbering. Can you give us the uh, synopsis for your short story? Sure. So uh, there's a last stand of humanity. It's actually around the uh, the orbit of Saturn, uh, alien invaders, uh, and uh, we're not going to win. So there's a sort of military science fiction story and, and uh, the idea of the people caught within this last stand. And it's that sort of story then crashes into a completely different genre and a different story, which is of these sort of uh, rather roguish uh, time travellers uh, who are being backstabbed by their boss and sent to do a job that wasn't what was in the job description. So you've got two completely different sort of genres and two, two different teams, different sort of mindsets, and then they've got to find a way to work together. That's, that's Time Docs. Okay. Um, so can you tell us about the main character in this collection? This yeah. Collection, well, it, it actually is framed by uh, a character who's, um, uh, I think they're a petty officer uh, in the in the Earth Navy. 
but uh, the most sort of dramatic character is uh, Steve Stiletto Coldwell, uh, who is... Um, how can you put it? He's, he's a man who's come from an era where he's not troubled by niceties of politeness. Uh, and he doesn't want to be there. Uh, he likes his drink and his, his ladies. Uh, and he doesn't want to do the right thing. He just wants to uh, get paid, essentially. Uh, so he's really the driving force. Uh, and the most interesting character to watch. And at the end, he uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. But he has a, a key part to play in the story. Okay. Um, and what was the um, inspiration for this short story? Well, it was actually a, a tryout, I guess, uh, for a, a series that I was considering writing, the Time Dogs idea. So I like the idea of mashing together uh, a kind of traditional um, military science fiction uh, idea for a story with this sort of time traveling shenanigans sort of hitting it head on um, almost by accident but the idea of the time travel thing I'd uh, written in fact my first two published novels uh, are called The Reality War uh, they're actually set in the whole Human Legion universe but uh, I've not talked about them very much because they weren't the same sort of style but I basically rewrote them or at least heavily revised them uh, over the summer and re-released them and uh, it's it's a kind of story where it sets off this is uh, the, the the reality war where uh, it's like a um, witness protection program but instead of in a safe house it's in the past but somebody who's it who's running this witness protection program he alters the past and then there are huge ramifications uh, basically to try and fix it while being in this sort of dystopian future that he's created so that's the sort of a genre where you make a change in the past and it causes enormous problems but i wanted to twist that around and say well you can go back to the past and you can have a good time and it doesn't matter so you can go and you know put all your money on red or you can uh, you know if you want to have a to punch a nazi for example well you can go and have a tourist attraction where you go and do that sort of thing for real or you can, you know, all sorts of stuff you can do. And it doesn't matter. You can just have fun and do whatever you like in the past. And it doesn't matter. Or at least that's how it appears at first. So it's like a complete reversal of the, oh my goodness, I've damaged the timeline kind of idea. So that was that's the thinking behind the whole sort of Time Dogs uh, series. So I had to go write this, this story for the anthology. And I enjoyed the characters. And I enjoyed the way it worked. So uh, since then, I've started work on a on a novel, which features some of the same characters, but it's set a little bit a bit earlier on. In fact, I might try and if I if I carry on with this, well, I will carry on with this. I may well try and take this story and work some of it into several novels down the line. So it isn't just a standalone thing; it actually will fit in with a, the wider picture. Nice. So you you answered um, that you you said that your story fits into the Human Legion universe. Um, more broadly speaking, so can you give us the reader's digest of that if they're not uh, familiar? Well, no, that, that's that's the reality war. So that's something I worked on in the summer that sparked the idea. But oh. but no, this this one is completely separate. There is no connection. Although the thing about reality wars and timelines and stuff, if you really wanted to down the line, I'm sure I can manufacture a connection and link them all up. Uh, you know, like Asimov did with his stories at the end. Um, so. Perhaps when I'm in my 70s, it will all join up, but uh, no, not at the moment. So then can you give us a synopsis of what 
what you're going to do with Time Dog Wars. Like, if you were going to give the Reader's Digest sort of elevator pitch, I don't even know if Reader's Digest is a thing. Maybe the kids won't catch that reference. But no. if you were going to give us the synopsis, <laughs> yeah. or like a summary of the universe that is the Time Dogs. Yeah, so it's uh, set in the future, and uh, it, it it's an idea that you can go back in the past, and you can do whatever you like, and it doesn't matter. So... Uh, the Time Dogs is one of a number of organisations that do missions in the past for for money, basically. So somebody's recruited on a they're they're dying on a on a battlefield. They're recruited into the Time Dogs, uh, and then they they're sent around all these various places. Uh, so it's I, I to sort of get in the mood for it. I reread the Dresden Files from uh, Jim Butcher. Uh, it's it's kind of like that rather more than the Human Legion books in a sense that each one is a separate adventure. There will be connections and things will move, but it's it's less arc driven and you don't really have to read it in a particular order quite so much. So it's having fun in the past, but in the background you will find that there are various problems are revealing themselves and there's lots of bad things to do with actually time dogs itself in terms of who runs it but that will be several books down the line is that something you're going to publish yourself or are you shopping that around to publishers at the moment i'm i'm still um writing well actually it's on hold at the moment i'll write something else but i'm, I'm going to get at least a couple of books together uh make sure it's working and then see what i'm going to do so i may well try and pitch it through some publishers first and if uh, i don't like it well then i'll do it myself okay so what subgenres of uh of fiction do you think your story would obviously it's space fleet by the cover but were there any other subgenres you think this this story fit into yeah well i mean there's the time travel so it's it's like a, a mashup so i mean the way i i like to do sort of mashup ideas is you've got ideas that make sense from uh, or key to more than one subgenre, and you respect those but then you find ways that you can put them together and add something new so it is both military science fiction and it's it you know it respects that sort of tradition and it's sort of time travel adventure uh, and it puts those two together and hopefully uh, if i've done my work well it adds something new to create time travel military science fiction if you like which is a you know something you can only get by combining those two together so what is it about the time travel subgenre that appeals to you since this is your second sort of series and foyer into that that space yeah um I, I think it allows you to sort of play around with um what ifs i i guess really what attracts me to writing fantastic fiction is a whole what if thing and with time travel you can do an awful lot that's you know difficult to do otherwise and allows you to you know some areas of your interest in history such as i am that you can go and explore in fact explore the complexities uh and things where you know no one's quite sure why certain things happened well you can explain uh, why things happen because you can fill in the gaps that historians don't know so i guess it's a mix of what ifs and uh, wish fulfillment do you have a favorite era of history to study well, um, yeah, well, so far in, in uh, I mean, in the story in the uh, on Deadly Ground anthology, they're going back in time, but it's still in our future. 
but uh, in the the novel that I'm writing, uh, there is uh, well Waterloo, as in the Battle of Waterloo. I've been there, um, but the characters arrived there in 1848, a few quite a few years later. Um, but they go around some of the places where I've actually actually been. So that's that's an interesting period, 19th century. Lots of lots of change in well all over the world, but particularly in Europe. Uh, and uh, yeah, also um, they visit uh, Germany in the 1930s, early 30s, which is quite a uh, disturbing but quite an interesting time as well. Okay. Uh, and then what about the uh, space fleet and more broadly military sci-fi? What is it about that that, that appeals to you? Well, I mean, I said uh, earlier on that I really like the cover. So, I mean, whatever the reason why, probably watching too many episodes of Captain Kirk when I was a small lad, uh, having, <laughs> you know, ships flying around uh, what looks like a, it could almost be a trench in a larger sort of, uh, like a space ball or something um, that they're flying down. It's just exciting to look at. I don't necessarily try and rationalise why that is, uh, but uh, it's probably all the things that I saw and read uh, when I was a kid. So it's exciting to start with, but military science fiction in, in general, I mean, military fiction, um, it, it, it's a way of raising the stakes uh, and forcing characters to make choices and to uh, the way they interact becomes quite intense uh, and an interesting angle on humanity. So, yeah, the combining those two things. Okay. And uh, we did promise you, dear listener, a short episode. And I know Tim has some places to run. Um, so we'll, we'll deliver a short episode. But we've got uh, some fun ones from, for the road. Um, because I found you through the Human Legion universe, this will be sort of themed for that. If you could live in that space that is the Human Legion world where we find them in Marine Cadet, would you? No. <laughs> Why not? It's not a nice place to be. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's the nature of, of the, that certainly the start of those books, uh, that the, the humans are not valued as individuals. The human life is not valued. Um, not at all. It's not a, not a place with retirement options, but like that. <laughs> that actually could be your theme. Retirement wasn't an option. No. <laughs> that almost could be like, you know, you've seen the uh, Red series with, uh, with the retired special agents that, you know, they're hunting them down. No. All right, is it American? No, but... I'll, I'll link it to you after, after yeah. the show. But, but that could be almost the theme of you, you don't get to retire, so they're now no. hunting you down when you're, when you're done. Anyway, all right, so uh, if you lived in, obviously you don't want to because it's kind of a dark place, but if you had to and you lived in that universe, which of the many factions in that space would you side with? Uh, I would side with the people left on Earth, actually, because uh, they don't really know what's going on and they have a life of relative luxury. But it's the, it's the people who uh, are descendants of those who were... Uh, offered as tribute to our alien overlords they have the really hard lives yeah uh, speaking Not of hard lives could you survive the training they were put through no well i mean to start with i'm not a genetically engineered super soldier so no i definitely don't think i will um but they uh yeah there might be fun aspects to it i suppose definitely if you read the book early parts yeah it's not all bad <laughs> All right. So uh, as we bring this puppy to a close, uh, Tim, how can listeners find you? And as usual, they will be linked in the show notes. 
Uh, yeah, the uh, easiest way to find me is to go and have a look at humanlegion.com. All right. Are there any plans to broaden that to cover your other now non-Human Legion properties for your website? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, having established a website, I thought, well, you know, I, uh, there's no point in having multiple ones it, it just doesn't work so uh yes i had redesigned the website actually in the summer so all the various things are right in you can you can find the right picture click on the picture and you can find details on those from the website outstanding so now dear listener you can find us on twitter at twitter.com backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show you can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com again blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com we promise we answer the emails and we snarkily reply to the uh to the trolls so have fun uh you can find us on facebook where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast again backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast i don't know but you're sensing a theme here people we have our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades again anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades you can support the show also on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades for a reoccurring monthly model much like a patreon uh platform style of subscription you can make it reoccurring, or you can support the show in a one-time effort at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Or, uh, and when you do that, please put in the comment section that it gives you that option that's for the podcast. I promise I will keep Doc Seska and Nick Garber duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. And uh, if they were here, they would tell you they weren't quitters. So, yeah, people, you know, it's an expensive hobby they have. All right, so thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom. <laughs>